It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. The Heartland at Noon for Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. Brought to you today by Purpose Financial and Heritage Insurance, working together to serve you better. For the first time in quite some time, our Chief Medical Health Officer, Dr. Saqib Shahab, and Premier Scott Moe went live yesterday with a news conference to talk about a number of things related to COVID-19. Cases are climbing again as we get set to send the kids back to school this week. That's a concern. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as we told you yesterday, made the move to make proof of vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test mandatory before entering Mosaic Stadium later this month. And the province has turned those decisions, that decision-making process, over to businesses, municipalities, venue and event organizers. You may have heard some of the highlights earlier today on CHAB from yesterday's news conference. Today, much more on The Heartland at Noon. Hailstorm in and around Assiniboia this morning. Wow, some serious large hailstones doing some damage. We're sharing that story on discovermoosejaw.com today. Golf ball-sized hailstones coming down. And it appears there's some thunder shower, thunderstorm activity in the Karenport Karen area right now. Moving this way, heads up. And getting ready for Fuel Good Day from the Moose Jaw Co-op. It's been a most successful local fundraiser, and the co-op has made the decision on which local charity will benefit this fall. Stay tuned for that story. All this and more coming up on the Heartland at Noon. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw. A Golden West radio station. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw news. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. The Prairie South School Division is not making masks mandatory for any staff or students as classes prepare to return. Instead, the division's back-to-school plan says that mask use is strongly recommended and is intended to offer flexibility for a number of school contexts. Director of Education for Prairie South, Ryan Bowen, explains more. Students and families have a choice. They can choose to take our advice or they could choose to not take our advice and that's their choice to make. Whatever choice they make will respect their choice. It certainly doesn't mean that we will be saying to students in our classroom, you know, where's your mask? Like that, that's, those are conversations we, we won't be having. Tomorrow, September 1st, is the first day of classes. Over 1,000 people took in the sights and sounds of Homestand 21 over the weekend. The outdoor show at Roswell's Park, put on by River Street Promotions, thought they might have to deal with inclement weather. But luckily, it passed just as the show was set to kick off. Funds raised will also support mental health initiatives in the Prairie South School Division and the beautification of Roswell's Park. James Murdoch of River Street Promotions. We'll have some numbers soon, and uh, that will be announced. We're really looking forward to that. And there's going to be some discussions going on here in the near future with some of the uh, you know, superintendents from Prairie South. They've asked us if we can be part of some discussions on where dollars are directed to, which we appreciate that opportunity. Five different bands performed at the show, and Murdoch says they're already in talks to host the next edition of the show next year. Those looking to learn the ins and outs of fur trapping will be able to later this year with a special three-day course. Running November 5th, 6th, and 7th in Bethune, the course will teach the Ministry of Environment's mandated theory, along with extensive hands-on learning. Participants will learn how to use and set traps, 
and handle catches humanely, proper fur handling, law and ethics, marketing, landowner relations, and more. Courses run from 9 a.m. until 7 each evening and cost $150. Those aged 12 to 16 can attend for $75. Lunch is provided, and there will only be a maximum of 25 students. For more information, you can search the Moose Jaw Wildlife Federation on Facebook. The Moose Jaw Soccer Association recently let go their executive and technical director after a series of transgressions. The board cleared up that the employee was dismissed for administrative problems and not because of anything that happened on the pitch. Mike Armstrong, acting chair for the Moose Jaw Soccer Association, explains how the role will be filled. The women's program in Saskatchewan has been lacking for many years, and it's been lacking in, in Moose Jaw Soccer for just as many years, if not longer. And we recognize that. We want to build that program. When the board was created in November, it reviewed its public records and found the association owed several organizations over $24,000 in overdue bills and fees. If you're planning to attend any outdoor events this fall, you may want to get proof of vaccination or a negative COVID 19 test. The provincial government announced that proof of vaccinations will be available on My Sask Health Records website, and the government is encouraging people to get vaccinated. Provincial Chief Medical Health Officer Dr. Shahab says it's disheartening to see the number of unvaccinated people in the hospital. As the data has shown in the past and continue to show, no age group is exempt from serious outcomes. It is less common in obviously children and young adults, but you know, more and more we are seeing people in their 30s and especially in their 40s and 50s who still are unvaccinated. More and more events and venues are requiring a proof of vaccination in order to enter, including the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Three more Saskatchewan residents have died of COVID-19, while the government announced 199 new cases and 195 recoveries yesterday. Of the new cases, 62 are in Saskatoon, eight are in Regina, and two are in the South Central Zone. 2,068 cases are considered active. 111 people are in hospital, including 84 receiving inpatient care, and 27 are in the ICU. Of the 111 patients, 80 are not fully vaccinated. Today is International Overdose Awareness Day, a day to raise awareness that overdoses are happening regularly in Saskatchewan and right here in Moose Jaw. A special event will be held in the gymnasium of the St. Andrew's Church from 4 to 6 this afternoon. The event will have a take what you need table, which includes naloxone and personal care items. Naloxone training will be provided, and there will be a traditional dancer, elder speaking, family members of those lost to overdoses, and food will be provided. The SHA will also have a vaccine clinic on hand. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial. Bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 45 points, the Dow Jones is up 8 points, the NASDAQ is up 2 points, and the Canadian dollar is down at 79.20 cents US. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com.
Canada's foreign minister says nearly 1,250 Canadian citizens or landed immigrants are stranded in Afghanistan following the withdrawal of U.S. and allied forces. Mark Garneau says those people, as well as at-risk Afghan nationals, should shelter in place until Canada can get assurances from the Taliban of safe passage out of the country. Statistics Canada says the country's total economic activity in July was 2% below pre-pandemic levels recorded in February of 2020. The agency reported this morning that the economy contracted at a rate of 1.1% in the second quarter, the first quarterly contraction since the sharp drop in GDP during first-wave lockdowns. Nova Scotia's new Conservative regime officially takes over today. New Premier Tim Houston will be sworn in, as will members of his cabinet. Houston led his progressive Conservatives to a surprise win in the August 17th election, toppling Ian Rankin's Liberals and securing a majority government. And Hurricane Ida has destroyed the historic Karnofsky Taylor Shop in New Orleans, which opened in 1913. Jazz legend Louis Armstrong worked on the coal and junk wagons and took his meals in the residence while playing a small tin horn while he worked. For the past couple of years, a developer was working to turn the building into a jazz lounge. And that is a look at your national news. I'm Derek Craddock. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. Big game tonight, downtown Moose Jaw. A local team is going to win the Rambler Park Men's Fastball League Championship tonight. It all comes down to one game, and it's tonight at Lyle Helen Diamond at Memorial Field. The Moose Jaw Canadians booked their ticket to the final with a win last night against the Hawks and will now take on the Moose Jaw Giants tonight at 7 o'clock. The game was originally set to be played in Regina but was moved to Moose Jaw due to the fact both teams are from the friendly city. Way to go, Giants. Way to go, Canadians. 7 o'clock, Memorial Field tonight. It's championship season at local area golf clubs. Chris Canoop won the men's club championship at the Hillcrest. He beat Mark Albert in the final match. Over at the Lindbrook on the weekend, Brett Sentis won the men's championship with Chantel Mack winning the women's trophy. Mike Fitzsimmons won the seniors championship. And longtime Lindbrook player John Sturton won the super seniors title. Moose Jaw Warriors preparing to welcome 46 players to training camp starting a week from today at Mosea Place. The players will arrive on Tuesday, then go through fitness testing at Yara Center on Wednesday morning, and they'll hit the ice at Mosea Place for practices in the afternoon. Scrimmages will be planned throughout the rest of the week with camp concluding on Sunday, September 12th with the annual Black-White Inter-Squad game. All practices and scrimmages are going to be open to local hockey fans. An admission to the Black-White Inter-Squad game is going to be a donation with proceeds going to the Canadian Mental Health Association in memory of Ethan Williams. It'll be Canada and the United States playing for gold at the World Women's Hockey Championship in Calgary tonight. Team Canada advancing to the final after a 4-0 win over Switzerland last evening. Renata Fast had a goal and an assist for the winners. Team USA won their semifinal against Finland 3-0. The Canadians haven't won this tournament since 2012. Championship game again tonight in Calgary. And the Blue Jays and Orioles go at it again tonight at Rogers Center. The Jays 7-3 winners in the series opener last night. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Well, there's some scattered thundershower activity out there and some heavy thundershower activity in Assiniboia this morning. You can see the uh, size of the hailstones. Uh, Assiniboia lady uh, picked up six hailstones and took a picture 
and they're the size of golf balls. I'm not kidding. You can see that story on discovermoosejaw.com right now. So beware. There looks to be some uh, pretty heavy thunderstorm activity uh, in the Karen, Karen Port area right now, and it appears to be moving this way. So a mix of sun and cloud with scattered showers and or thunderstorms, there is a risk of a severe thunderstorm. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high later, 28 degrees. Cloudy tonight, maybe a thunderstorm again. Overnight low down to 12. Clearing tomorrow morning, so sunny for most of the day with the wind southwest at 20, gusting to 40. The high tomorrow, 22. Thursday sunny, 20. Friday sunny, 21. And we'll start the Labor Day long weekend on Saturday with sunshine and 23 degrees. By the way, the long-range forecast calling for sunny and warm conditions throughout the Labor Day weekend. Sunday sunny with a high of 25. And Labor Day Monday sunshine with a high of 25. Yesterday's high in Moose Jaw, 30. That's above the normal high at this time of year, which is 22, normal low 8. Record high for today, 39 degrees set in 1983. Record low plus 1 in 1974. Sun came up this morning at 6.15 and goes down tonight at 7.50. This hour, Moose Jaw, cloudy, breezy, 23. Regina, 17. Assiniboia, Gravelberg, 17. Rockland, Coronet, 22. Swift Current, 23. Elbow, 24. Davidson, Watrous, 24. Once again, Assiniboia 17, Regina 17, and with the wind, southeast at 54, gusting up to 67, and the relative humidity at 49%, it is 23 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner, for Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Southwestern portions of Saskatchewan will have a tough time coming up with significant precipitation as we move forward through the next 10 days, but that's a good thing for harvesting. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. We do expect to see showers and some thunderstorms occurring in other parts of Saskatchewan as we go forward, in other parts of the province as we go forward through these next seven days. The precipitation is expected to be fairly well mixed with periods of sunshine. However, the unsettled weather that's going to take place between now and the end of the weekend will be great enough to limit field progress. We do have some thunderstorms that will pop up today in west central parts of the province, mostly from Leader northward through the uh, Unity and uh, Outlook areas. And then as we get into the evening, we're going to see the precipitation organize and become much more significant in the Saskatoon area and areas southward towards the northern part of, uh, uh, or I should say the northeast part of Lake Leifenbaker. And from there, it will advance farther to the north impacting Blaine Lake, Prince Albert, uh, most of the Melford, Teesdale, and Hudson Bay areas as we go forward through the night and into the morning tomorrow. Some of these thunderstorms are going to be locally strong and we will see some heavier rainfall occurring in a part of this region. By the time we get up tomorrow morning, some areas from Lake Diefenbaker north towards the Blaine Lake, Saskatoon, and uh, neighboring areas of Prince Albert will likely see moisture totals running from 20 to 40 millimeters and something even greater will be possible in a couple of RM districts between Lake Diefenbaker and Saskatoon. So we'll be watching that. Otherwise, moisture totals in this first 24 hours will run from 4 to around 15 millimeters with a lot of areas getting less than probably 8. The driest weather will be in the southwest and some south central areas with this first round of precipitation. Now, as we go into Wednesday, we expect us to start off relatively quiet. Late in the evening, we'll see a few showers pop up in the east and uh, some far western parts 
parts of the province. Precipitation will be disorganized, but an upper-level low-pressure system will be pushing into the region, and it should increase our shower activity as we go into Wednesday evening and on Thursday. And then on Friday, we'll likely see some showers in the northeast half of the province as cooler air filters into the region. Temperatures are going to cool down. We're going to go from readings that will still be in the 20s and lower 30s this afternoon in the east to readings that will drop down into mostly teens as we get into the weekend. And we'll look for the low temperatures at night to also fall into some uh, middle and upper single digits over the weekend as well. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Tim here with Young's Equipment. Get more. 20% more capacity, 30% more speed, 70% more flex. The all-new Macdon FD2 gives you more of everything you need for harvesting performance. From the company that brought you the original flex draper. Call your local Young's Equipment location or visit youngs.ca. Bigger, faster, flexier. Get more with the Macdon FD2 Flex Draper. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Road Report on The Heartland at Noon for Tip Top Roofing, serving Moose Jaw for over 30 years. Call Tip Top Roofing today for your free estimate and 10% off, 631-5975. Still construction on the Trans-Canada Highway on the westbound lanes between Regina and Moose Jaw. I see construction continues as well on Highway 363 southwest of Moose Jaw, so allow yourself some extra time. As I mentioned during the weather, looks like some severe thunder shower activity uh, in the Karen Karen Port area, so be careful over there. Locally, construction resuming in a number of uh, construction zones, and Thatcher Drive was open this morning. It was still closed yesterday after all the uh, fresh asphalt going down, but it's a lovely ride now for several blocks, and it's a nice easy ride over the CN tracks down there by Simcoe Street as you enter the Iron Bridge subdivision. If you have trouble in traffic any time, you can alert other motorists by alerting us. You can send us a text when it's safe to do so on the Moose Jaw RV and Marine text line, 6938000, or call me anytime, same number, 6938000. Now, today's Paul Martin Commentary. If your favorite restaurant is one of those that survived all the lockdowns and closures imposed by COVID, you may want to consider giving them just a bit more patronage. That's because a big chunk of those in this particular industry are struggling to regain their footing after reopening. It's a new report on business confidence, and it shows that the hospitality sector is most fragile, with between one in five and one in six restaurant owners saying they cannot survive another year at current revenue levels. Now, this is a national report prepared by StatsCan, so the numbers are likely skewed because many provinces extended their lockdowns compared to Saskatchewan. Nonetheless, we all know of a restaurant in this province that didn't reopen, so we are not immune. And the owners say their greatest challenge right now is finding workers, followed by rising input costs. And this is one category where rising insurance premiums are being flagged. It's a sector that has seen particularly large increases, reduced coverage, rising deductibles, or simply no renewal offers at all, as a vulnerable industry sector in need of some love. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. The best way to start your weekend is at Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Every Saturday on Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1, rain or shine, bring your family to Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. 
Two new Tuesdays are back at the Hillcrest Golf Club in Moose Jaw. Play for just $2 a hole for 18 holes, and that includes a power cart. That's just $36 for a round of golf. Two new Tuesdays, every Tuesday after 2. Call the Hillcrest today to book your time. 693-1921. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. 800 CHAB and Global Ag Risk Solutions bring you Farm It Forward. Check out discovermoostraw.com. Tell us a bit about your farm operation, share a picture, and enter to win a free meal for your crew from onestopeats.ca. Then Farm It Forward. You get to pick another area producer to win a free meal too. It was really, really good. The grand prize from Parrish and Heimbecker, $1,000 of Express SG from FMC, will be given away September 7th during a special edition of the Heartland at Noon. Farm It Forward is brought to you by Connexus Credit Union, Moose Jaw, JGL Livestock, Factory Optical, Parrish and Heimbecker, and 800-CHAB. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. You just heard about Farm It Forward on 800 CHAB. There's still time to enter. We've got more winners to pick tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. Then our big grand prize show uh, for Parrish and Heimbecker and Global Agri Solutions will be right here on the Heartland at Noon on Tuesday following the Labor Day long weekend. And that's when we'll make the draw for the $1,000 FMC Express SG herbicide from Parrish and Heimbecker on Farm It Forward. We've got dozens of local and area farm families getting entered. Uh, yesterday, Doris Nelson of Avonlea was our winner. A 4,000-acre grain farm, she uh, farmed it forward to Jordan Hiller of the Southie area, and our Courtney Fielder got in touch with him. Hi, is this Jordan? Yep. Hi, Jordan. How's it going today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. I was just calling this morning to share some good news with you that uh, Doris Nelson had wanted to farm it forward to you with our Global Ag Risk Solutions Farm It Forward contest. Okay. So what that means here, Jordan, is you're getting hooked up with 50 bucks thanks to our friends at onestopeats.ca. Okay. Yeah, so you won that, and you're also entered in for the grand prize here of $1,000 FMC Express SG from Harrison Heimbecker. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. How's Harvest been for you guys around the Saudi area? It's been hit and miss. Like, we're getting rains now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, I don't know, I guess 15 20% some guys are combined with but it's uh, it's been slow going lately. Like the the crops haven't been too bad either. Like we were lucky we got some showers in the summer. Yeah. But the only thing is we had quite a bit of hail in this area too. So there's been a lot of hail damage Aww. for some of the crops. So that's unfortunate. How, how have your crops been? What did you guys plant this year, and what are you harvesting? Uh, right now we're trying to finish up on peas. We got uh, yellow and green peas. We got some barley that we've been on. We got uh, durum we want to go on. We got spring wheat. We got canola. We got pretty wide variety of grains here. Sounds like you guys keep busy there. <laughs> yeah, try to. <laughs> who's who's all in your like uh, harvesting operation with you? My son and uh, grandson, and my wife helps out, and the daughter-in-law helps out, and the daughter helps out. So. Oh, it's awesome! All a family-run operation. Love family, it. Family, family run. Three generations here. <laughs> oh wow, that is so awesome! I love hearing stories like that. <laughs> if you're awesome. out this way, stop in and you get a tour. Perfect. Sounds fantastic. We'll have to do that. 
Does that mean me too? I'll come for a tour. Hey, congratulations to Doris Nelson and uh, to Jordan Hiller on Farm It Forward. They both get $50 gift cards to spend at onestopeats.ca right here in Moose Jaw. This morning, Kyle Mooney, our winner, and highlights are on the way tomorrow morning on the 800 CHAB Morning Show. Farm It Forward, all brought to you by JGL Livestock, Parrish and Heimbecker, Fountain Tire, Moose Jaw. AgriLink, your MacDon dealer in Brown Lee, TC Energy, and of course, 800 CHAB. Well, uh, some predicted it would uh, happen again, and it's happening again. COVID 19 cases uh, climbing. People are sick, and most of the people getting COVID 19 right now are people who have not been vaccinated. The provincial government issuing a news release yesterday with the headline COVID 19 vaccination boosters starting September 7th. The news release issued as Premier Scott Moe and Dr. Saqib Shahab got together for the first news conference in weeks. Vaccination boosters for immunocompromised residents. They say real-world evidence indicates that there are factors that may contribute to the waning of effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines, including the age of the recipients and if the individual is immunocompromised due to a medical condition or medication. So Saskatchewan will be offering vaccination boosters to eligible populations starting on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, one week from today. Premier Mo opening up the news conference yesterday. We will also be looking at ways to make rapid tests much more readily available, especially uh, in those uh, large workplaces across the province. Going forward, we want to also provide even more information about the vaccine status uh, of current cases that we have here in Saskatchewan. We feel it's important for Saskatchewan people to have as much information at their disposal as we can provide. And this will further illustrate the benefit of getting vaccinated and as well illustrate the very real risks of not getting vaccinated. In the coming days, for example, in our daily release of COVID data, you are going to, uh, we will begin to include the vaccination status of hospitalizations and ICU admissions, and those will also be broken down then by region. And I'm sure it will continue to show each and every day, like it has thus far, that the vast majority of cases that we are experiencing in this province, as well as the vast majority of serious outcomes, will be among those that are not vaccinated. And that's unfortunate because this is preventable. We can drive down these fourth wave numbers. We can prevent the vast majority of serious outcomes, hospitalizations, and in particular, uh, prevent many fatalities. And we can ensure that our businesses, our schools, and all of our activities can remain open and they can operate and operate very safely. Yeah, and our schools are uh, open again, uh, as you know. Uh, teachers have been back in school for a number of days now, and classes start tomorrow. So, obviously, there's some concern. Dr. Shahab, following up uh, with his opening statement yesterday. Thank you, Premier. So, I, I just want to take this opportunity to announce that um, the government of Saskatchewan will, uh, and the province of Saskatchewan will start offering vaccination boosters to eligible populations um, starting Tuesday, September 7th. Um, these booster doses will be administered at least eight weeks following receipt of the second um, uh, or the last vaccine dose, which is usually an mRNA dose, Pfizer or Moderna. Um, we want to make clear that initially these eligible uh, additional doses or booster doses will be specifically for 
limited number of people, including residents of long-term care and personal care homes, um, transplant recipients, including solid organ transplant and hemopoietic stem cell transplant, recipients of stable active treatment, for example, chemotherapy, targeted therapies, immunotherapy for malignant hematologic disorders, and recipients of an anti-CD20 agent. Uh, these details are in the news release. Uh, eligibility letters will be sent for people on these therapies uh, or who qualify for the booster at this point, either through your physician or from the Ministry of Health Drug uh, uh, Plan branch. Um, additional eligible immunocompromised groups will be announced later. Um, this is in addition to the additional doses of COVID-19 vaccines for Saskatchewan residents who may require them for um, international travel. Um, and the reason this is being announced is because we, we know that while two doses are protecting all of us in Saskatchewan, and as the Premier said, that's very evident from the cases we are seeing. It's very evident from the hospitalizations we are seeing. But we also know that there are people, uh, a few people, who may not have generated a robust immune response to the vaccine so far, and they require an additional dose particularly as our transmission risk increases. So these include individuals with a compromised immune system and uh, people who are in long-term care, personal care homes, who uh, for the most part got two doses uh, over December, January, and February, and early parts of March. And again, these boos boosters will be available to these eligible populations starting September 7th. Additional at-risk groups will be added later on. And it's important to note that while this is a small, specific population, this will not in any way pause the current vaccine program, which still is reaching out to those who remain unvaccinated. And uh, as the Premier said, this is critical that, you know, if, if you go to the uh, website, there's lots of pop-up clinics throughout Saskatchewan. SHA appointments are available for those places where there are not pop-up clinics. Many pharmacies continue to provide COVID vaccines. And, you know, I, we can't stress this enough. You know, vaccines are so effective that it is really important that all of us complete our second doses. And for those who have not even gotten the first dose, you know, it's never too late to start. And, uh, you know, over the next four to six weeks is the right time to get vaccinated so that we can enjoy the many events that are going to be happening over the fall. Students who are too young to be vaccinated are protected because all of us as parents and older siblings and family members and school staff are vaccinated. And we have enough uh, vaccine supply to um, provide the small group of additional uh, people requiring boosters, as well as continue with the first or second dose program. Um, and it's important to note that, you know, till, uh, while we are announcing these boosters, we will be looking at additional groups over the next few months. But so far, you know, the vaccines are protecting all of us extremely well including people who are older. And this just goes to show that like many vaccines that have been used in the past for decades, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine continues to protect us and has saved countless lives. Um, you know, it is very disheartening, I think, for all of us, our care providers, to continue to see people who are um, showing up in hospitals requiring life-saving care who remain unvaccinated. And I think, you know, as the data has shown in the past and continue to show, no age group is exempt from serious outcomes. It is less common in obviously children and young adults, 
but you know more and more we are seeing people in their 30s and especially in their 40s and 50s who still are unvaccinated and unfortunately becoming seriously ill with covid so again i would urge anyone who's unvaccinated to become uh, you know step forward and especially people in these middle years that are increasingly getting serious outcomes from covid covid is preventable and you know i think we all need to step up and start our first doses complete our second doses you can get your second dose 4 weeks after your first dose and that protects us it protects our families our communities our co-workers our schools and if we are at events it allows us to enjoy events in a way that reduces the risk of transmission thank you very much dr sakib shahab at yesterday's news conference the first time he and premier mo have addressed the province in a number of weeks as cases continue to climb here in saskatchewan now there were a number of questions uh, fielded by the premier and the good doctor yesterday we'll highlight a few of those when we come back i'm rob carney thanks for listening to the heartland at noon on chab Attention cattle producers, this is Friday at Mount Cotter Stockman's Way Company, yearlings and calves sell at 12 noon. Sale catalogs on our webpage, along with all updates and sales schedules. Watch all our sales on duauction.com. September 10th is an all-class sale. Please book your cattle in. Mount Cotter Stockman's in the heart of cattle country. We're proud of our market and proud of our cattle. Continue what you do best, bring buyers and sellers together. Friday at noon, yearlings and calves. Call 478-2229. Parrish and Heinbecker Moose Jaw, focused on the value, delivery options, and payment terms that fit your operation. This is Kelsey Nall of Moose Jaw's Parrish and Heinbecker. The busy season is upon us, so save yourself some time. Download the PH app to track your contracts or look at current spot pricing. Sign up for direct deposit too to save yourself a trip down to pick up a check. And as always, give us a call to put in any targets or discuss any fertilizer or chemical needs you may have. Count on experience, count on expertise, count on Parrish and Heinbecker, moving tradition forward. Localjobshop.ca. A new job, a first job, a different job, a better job. Sign up for the free daily digest and get daily local job listings sent directly to your inbox. The right job, right here, right now. Localjobshop.ca. The benefits of recreation are endless. Get notoriously active. Moose Jaw Parks and Rec on the radar. The Kidsman Sportsplex is now open. Register for water workout classes and book your swims using the free city app or through the city website. The Phyllis Dewar Outdoor Pool will remain open until August 29th. Registration for Learn to Swim programs is ongoing. Use the free city app to view the full schedule and to register. Check the recreation registration link at moosejaw.ca or the city app to see the summer fitness classes offered in the parks. Looking to get some summer training in? Contact the Yara Center to get booked in on the turf for your groups. Searching for a used bike for the summer? Book an appointment online or through the city app to check out the sports equipment vault. The Mosquito Control Program has started and consists of surveying and treating standing water within a 5-kilometer radius of the city. To learn more about Moose Jaw Parks and Recreation, visit moosejaw.ca. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. We'll take you back to yesterday's news conference now with Premier Scott Moe and Dr. Saqib Shahab. They both had their opening statements and then reporters asked a number of questions of uh, our two leaders. And we'll start with Kyle Benning with Global. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, this is for both the Premier and Dr. Shahab. Uh, I know 
There was a letter sent by the, the medical health officers uh, across the province about introducing masking into indoor spaces. Is that being considered by the province at this time? Well, I think, uh, you know, where the province has been for some period of time now is, uh, you know, if is recommending that if you're more comfortable wearing your mask, you most certainly should wear a mask. And we are seeing as the numbers do increase, I'm seeing out and about that there are additional people wearing masks. And so, you know, credit to the people of the province that are paying attention to, you know, what our current situation is. That's why we want to provide additional information on a regional basis uh, to further, uh, um, so that individuals can further make uh, the decisions on, on when, and where uh, and and whether they uh, would uh, make the decision to 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 wear their their mask when they're out and about in certain settings. I carry a mask with me, uh, for example, and, and I don't hesitate to put it on if uh, you know if I feel that there's too many people in a in a in a certain setting. As far as uh, making masks uh, mandatory, uh, this this. You know, all of the public health measures that we've had over the course of the past year uh, do prove to uh, be layers of protection in, uh, you know, helping uh, reduce the the spread of COVID. Um, But when you pull those public health measures away, uh, you're faced with the very same challenge that you were prior to putting them in. Uh, The long-term way for us to find our way through this global pandemic in this province, in this nation, and around the world is by broad-based, first of all, access to vaccines, which we have uh, uh, attempted to provide in Saskatchewan, and a credit to all of those hardworking Saskatchewan Health Authority uh, members in community after community that have enabled uh, us to do that alongside uh, our our pharmacies. Um, But the, the... and then the second is for people to actually uh, go out and get their first dose of vaccine, ultimately their second dose of vaccine, so that they can become uh, fully immunized and have the best chances at not only uh, not contracting COVID, but ensuring their, their chances of severe outcomes when they do contract COVID are, are much, much lower. So, uh, you know, masking is not mandatory. However, in saying that, um, if people, uh, you know, feel that a mask is necessary, and we've been living with this long enough that uh, people can make uh, that judgment and that decision uh, as in their in their daily lives, and I encourage them uh, to carry a mask and to make that decision when they feel it's it's appropriate. Um, but that is a stopgap measure. Uh, ultimately, the measure is for us to uh, encourage more people to go out and get vaccinated uh, first and second dose here in the province, and that is what uh, some of the uh, the policy initiatives that we're putting forward here today we believe will will help us achieve here in Saskatchewan. But Dr. Shahab, anything to add to that? Yeah, I'll just add that, you know, we have had and are continuing to enjoy a beautiful summer. And if you're outdoors, obviously, you know, we can enjoy the outdoors with friends and family without a mask. Many of us are in workplaces where we are with the same consistent group of people. And if everyone's comfortable, everyone is vaccinated, you can work together in an indoor space and without a mask on. Large, more complex workplaces in common areas, a mask may be recommended. Uh, but not when you're with your smaller cohort uh, group of co-workers. Same applies with, you know, uh, meeting friends and family. Many uh, families and friends get together regularly indoors or outdoors. For the most part, everyone knows that everyone's vaccinated. You stay home if you're unwell. And and that's what's allowing us to, you know, live more normally um, uh, without uh, high risk of transmission. But, you know, if you are in a crowded indoor space like a transit bus or other setting, where there's lots of people in an indoor environment who you don't know or you don't know their vaccination status, 
absolutely it's important to wear a mask it's true uh, that applies to many healthcare settings and of course if specific uh, offices or workplaces or businesses request you to put a mask on i think it's important to respect uh, that option as well thank you follow up question Kyle yeah i guess for the premier we've heard uh, both yourself and the health minister say multiple times that the mhos can make these recommendations well now we have all the MHOs from across the province making these recommendations, but um, the, the province still isn't taking this decision when it comes to masking. I guess, is there a, a level where this will be reached, where a threshold will be reached, or more recommendations will be needed to implement it? We have seen uh, the MHOs in the local regions uh, work, uh, for example, most recently with their school divisions on on uh, you know what the what the public health measures would be as our kids return to school, understanding that those that are 11 and under are not yet eligible uh, for a vaccine. And that's a place where we've asked our, our uh, local medical health officers to engage with their school division to provide them with some of the, uh, the data and some of, uh, you know, potentially their recommendations uh, regarding uh, and, and understanding that there's different vaccination rates in different areas of the uh, of the province. There's different uh, rates uh, of COVID infection in different areas of the province, and and there's different class sizes, uh, most certainly, uh, and different pieces of uh, different uh, levels of infrastructure available uh, in in various areas of the province as well. And so the the, the medical health officers have provided, uh, you know, their their uh, guidance and 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 relayed their knowledge with respect to the local regional situations to our school divisions where we have seen uh, now some some very variation in the policies of, of school divisions that are returning uh, to class here this week uh, in many cases. Uh, but with respect to uh, provincial guidelines and provincial policy that's being put forward, uh, you know, we work closely, uh, yes, with the SHA and with all of our physicians, uh, but most, most certainly with uh, Dr. Shahab and his team on, you know, what steps can we uh, put forward uh, that will you know, encourage vaccination. I encourage uh, people to make the decision to go out and get vaccinated. And what we are seeing is, uh, you know, really two areas where um, you know, the proof of vaccination or proof of uh, a recent COVID test are, are becoming uh, more appropriate. One is in those large venues, and we've seen our Saskatchewan Rough Riders move forward uh, this forward this, this morning, uh, universities uh, a week or two ago. Um, and the second place would be in that employer-employee uh, relationship and providing that safe workplace, uh, which you see the the provincial government as a, a significant employer here in the province moving forward with our, our Tier 1 and Tier 2 front-facing health care workers uh, in, in enacting uh, that proof of vaccination or proof of a, a negative test policy in the in the weeks ahead. Um, so the, uh, you know, the medical health officers uh, have engaged at the uh, local level most recently with their school divisions. And we respect that at the provincial level, we work with Dr. Shahab and, and his team as we, uh, as we move forward. We have Tyler Barrow with CTV. Yeah. Um, this is for Dr. Shahab. How dire are ICU units right now? So I'll make some initial comments and then maybe Scott can speak further. I think from my side, you know, what I want to, from my side, what I want to say is that the vast majority of hospitalizations are preventable. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we are seeing, you know, middle-aged adults for the most part who are unvaccinated coming into hospital. Many of them require oxygen uh, in acute care beds. Some do require ICU care. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the vast majority of hospitalizations right now are in middle-aged adults in, uh, who remain unvaccinated 
and many may be in, age, in an age range where the risk is higher than if you're very young, and many may have comorbidities. So really, it's a reminder for us that, you know, for whatever reason, if you did not step up to get vaccinated, it's never too late. There's abundant opportunities for vaccination, and I really urge everyone to get vaccinated, and then I'll maybe ask Scott to comment on uh, the ICU and bed capacity. Thanks, Dr. Shahab. So <clears throat> the today's numbers show that there's 30 patients in ICUs across the province uh, that are COVID uh, patients and uh, 116 hospitalizations overall, which are not the highest numbers we've seen, certainly through the pandemic, but they are creeping up over the last couple of weeks. Certainly with ICU, we, we try to maintain, as you know, uh, a 79 bed capacity across the province and leverage the provincial organization to make sure that we don't have patients just stacking up in singular ICUs. But I will say that the vast majority of uh, ICU um, patients right now are, are COVID-related, and Saskatoon, Regina, and certainly Prince Albert, where we're seeing case jumps, are, are not at capacity, but they're, they're getting to the point, particularly in Saskatoon and Regina, where we might have to activate more additional beds. you have a follow-up, Tyler? Yeah, uh, the other thing I want to ask is how fearful should people be about a fourth wave setting back the province's reopening strategy, which was implemented July 11th? Well, I, I'll uh, maybe a couple of words and then Dr. Shahab, you may have uh, a couple of words as well. As we have uh, found our way through this uh, pandemic for or probably 19, may possibly 20 months now, uh, we've learned as we went, um, as we uh, you know have consistently uh, kept as our guiding light the uh, the the, the healthcare capacity, the service that we can provide, not just for COVID patients, but trying to provide as many uh, healthcare services uh, to all of those other people uh, in the province that pre that require uh, and and expect uh, to be able to access healthcare services. So our healthcare uh, capacity has has always uh, been the the, the driving uh, the driving factor behind uh, the decision making that we have uh, made as a government. Um, that being said, uh, we do need to learn to live with COVID. Uh, we have uh, close to 70% of people in this province that have uh, done exactly what they need to do, gone out, got their first shot, gotten their second shot. Uh, we're seeing those numbers, uh, those numbers of first dose and second dose continue to increase each and every day, uh, not as much as they were during the, uh, the days when we had large volumes of vaccines going out, but each week we're up. Uh, you know, just over half a percent on our first doses. Each week, we're up close to 1% on our second dose, about 0.8, 0.85% on our second dose. Uh, so there are more vaccinated, more people vaccinated each and every day in this province than there were the day before, and we need to continue uh, doing that in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Um, but ultimately, you know, as we move forward, and I... I you know, we, we are in the fourth wave largely because we still have a few hundred thousand people in this province that have uh, not made the choice to get vaccinated. But if you look out through the next number of months, um, it's quite likely and we're hopeful that we will see uh, the age uh, ages of 5 to 11 uh, be eligible for that vaccine at some point in time this calendar year. That will increase uh, the number of people in Saskatchewan, yes, that are are vaccinated. We will see more people uh, going to get vaccinated uh, like we have uh, up until this point. Uh, we'll see people that may want to travel this winter that will make the decision to go out and get vaccinated. We're seeing people that are returning uh, to the uh, post-secondary uh, education campuses uh, that are, yes, going out and getting uh, vaccinated here today. Uh, so there, you know, the, the measures that we are putting in place today are measures to encourage people to make that decision, as which is a lasting measure. 
uh, when people get vaccinated, that is a, has a lasting impact on how we can uh, manage and live with COVID in the you know in the months and years ahead, versus a public health man- measure like a masking mandate, which is a short-term measure. And when you pull the masking mandate, ultimately uh, you're right back where you started, and COVID will pick up where it left off. And so uh, we are transitioning. Um, Yeah, we're transitioning. Uh, Certainly, we'll stop it there. Uh, There's more on COVID on discovermoosejaw.com today, as you can imagine. Uh, There's a lot more than that. Here's what's making headlines at discovermoosejaw.com. Moose Jaw Soccer clears up transgressions and unpaid bills. Making a move to... uh, Hopefully have a better future for the organization. Morning Storm brings large hail to Assiniboia. We have the photographic evidence. And Prairie South will respect students' choice to wear a mask or not. Those stories and more are waiting for you right now at discovermoosejaw.com. Moose Jaw's daily source for local news and information. We'll be back to visit with Michaela Turner next from the Moose Jaw Co-op as they get set for Fuel Good Day next month on the Heartland at Noon. Class is in session. Time for another lesson in rock and roll history on 800 CHAB. The Fleetwood Mac Rumors album has a dramatic backstory combining jealousy, infidelity, and divorce. Married for almost eight years, Christine and John McVie entered the studio at the point of divorce, but remained civil until Christine began openly dating the band's lighting director. Stevie Nicks and then longtime lover and musical partner Lindsey Buckingham had also recently begun a nasty separation. At the time, Mick Fleetwood discovered that his wife was having an affair with a close friend and divorce would soon follow. Then, a short-lived romance blossomed between Fleetwood and Nicks. Many of the lyrics spawned from the band's romantic situations at the time. Through adversity, great music emerged. Rumors stayed atop the charts for 31 weeks, won a Grammy for Album of the Year, and became the group's best-selling album. This has been another Rock and Roll History Lesson, brought to you by Culligan Water and Moose Jaw. Better water, pure and simple. KCS Marketing, a division of Kathy's Custom Stitchery. Putting your name on almost anything since 1989. KCSMarketing.ca. Thanks for supporting local. Dignity Bath. Safety. Comfort. Dignity. And Community Service Radio. 800 CHAB. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. A mix of sun and cloud today with a 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms this afternoon. Wind southeast gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of 28. Wednesday clear in the morning. Wind southwest gusting to 40 kilometers an hour and a high of 22. Thursday, sunny and a high of 20, sunny on Friday and a high of 21, and Saturday, sunny and a high of 23. For complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Haley Shirky. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. September, uh, <laughs> let me try that again, September. That's it. September 21st is a big day. It'll mark the fifth annual Fuel Good Day from the Moose Jaw Co-op. All their gas bars will be participating and will be raising money for a good cause. Our Tegan Whitco has more. 
Michaela Turner is the Marketing and Community Relations Manager with the Moose Jaw Co-op, and she's joining us today to talk about Fuel Good Day. It's on the horizon. Michaela, remind us when it is and how it works. Fuel Good Day is happening this year, Tuesday, September the 21st. It's happening at all of our gas bar locations in Moose Jaw and Avonlea. From open to close, the gas bars are happy to offer you full service. And 10 cents from every liter pumped on the 21st of September will be going towards our charity. Of course, everybody needs fuel and everybody likes giving back to a good cause. Who's receiving the money this year? This year, our selected uh, nonprofit group, Tegan, is Heartland Hospice for Moose Jaw. And they are an outstanding group doing very important work in our community. And we're really excited to partner with them and make this a great experience for them. And I understand as we get closer to the date in September, you will also be partnering with them for for a little bit more awareness and, and teaching people what it is Heartland Hospice does, right? Yeah, we really want to educate our community in what great work the Heartland Hospice is doing in Moose Jaw. Um, it is important, but not everybody likes to talk about end-of-life care. Um, but having a supportive group that can be there in those tough and trying times is really important. And Heartland Hospice strives to achieve really that compassion so that people have you know dignity at the end of their life. And it's a great, great group, and they're doing amazing things. Now, speaking on behalf of the co-op, why why do you feel it's so important to host fundraisers like this for our community? Oh, it's top priority for us to be a, a major part of our community um, by putting people first and having our community support our business. We can give back more and more each year. Um, being part of the community, it's being part of something bigger to be part of Moose Co-op. And we want to we, we live and work with everybody in our community. Um, they're owners of our co-op. We want to keep all of our local money here and really make an impact, make a difference and make our community stronger. And in terms of Fuel Good Day, uh, do you know how, how long the co-op has been doing this? I think this is about our fifth year of, of hosting Fuel Good Day. And you folks tend to raise uh, a pretty good chunk of change. Do you remember how much you raised last year? Last year, our donation went to Hunger and Moose Jaw, and we were proud to give them $12,035. So just to, just over that 12000 mark, we always want to, um, you know, strive to reach or do better each year and grow it. Um, so, yeah, so it's a, it's a big day for sure. A lot of big money raised in a short amount of time, um, but we really couldn't do it without the community's support. It's everybody coming out to fuel up that day and buy all the extra goodies that go along with it and really just come have some fun with us in the community. And if I recall, Michaela, I think you guys like break the record. You've broken the record every year for the past two or three years, right? We continue to grow. Um, each year is just getting more fun, bigger each year, and we are trying to keep it exciting. We're adding a couple new things this year. Um, we usually do our cookies for sale at all the, the tills as the extra, our delicious bakery fresh cookies for sale. Um, This year we're also adding proceeds from our coffee sales and all of our big cool slush sales are also going to go as a um, straight donation to the group as well. Multiple ways in which you can support this very worthwhile organization here in the community. Uh, Is there anything that we missed, Michaela? Anything you'd like to add? The only thing I think I would like to add is that Moose Jaw is a really special place and our community 
you know, never ceases to amaze with the support that they give to us. When we put a call out for, you know, a need or an action, our community is always there for us. So Mushta, we really just want you to come out, have some fun with us, uh, fill up your tanks. Even if you filled up the week before, you don't only need a little bit of gas. Um, come fill up all of your vehicles. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Share our, our Facebook posts. Um, spread it on social media. All of the sports appreciate it. And uh, we really just um, thank you in advance because we feel it's going to be an excellent day this year. And, of course, we'll remind you as the date approaches, fuel a good day from the Moose Jaw Co-op. We'll take a break and be back. I'm Rob Carney. You're listening to the Heartland at Noon on CHAB. 800 CHAB. Connecting the community. Hi, it's Shane Folk from Hillside Smoking Q. We'd like to invite everybody to come check out or come compete at Smoking the Valley. We've got a few spots left still. Uh, it's filling up fast though, so if you're interested, get your entry forms in shortly. Saturday is going to be a busy day out there. The food truck on location will have Rebellion Brewing doing a beer gardens. We'll have the banjo bowl on the big screen and after supper we will have Justin Labrash performing a live concert. September 11th and 12th, uh, Saturday the 11th is the busy day. Shoot us a message on our Hillside Smoke and Q Facebook page or Smoke in the Valley uh, Facebook page as well. Connecting the community brought to you by Purposed Financial, a proven track record of achieving your financial goals one step at a time. Four plants indoor gardening. Visit them at 123 High Street West in Moose Jaw or online anytime at fourplantsindoor.ca and Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. The Farm Stress Line is run by people who know farming is full of uncertainties and that uncertainty causes stress. When it starts to get to you, it's important to deal with it as quickly as possible. If you're having trouble sleeping, feeling depressed, anxious, or having suicidal thoughts, call the Farm Stress Line, free and confidential, and well worth the call. 1-800-667-4442. 1-800-667-4442. Summer's not over. There's still lots of time to enjoy all your favorite summer drinks from Urban Cellars. And with fall just around the corner, they know you can't wait to cozy up to your fall favorites either. For a cocktail perfect for any occasion, visit Urban Cellars, proudly serving all of Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw Co-op is your one-stop summer shop. Whether you're hiding away in your backyard oasis, planning a family picnic in the park, or heading Heading off to the lake, they have everything you need to make a good time an amazing time. Buns, meat, cool, refreshing beverages from their in-house liquor store, and so much more. Oh, wait, did you know that with every purchase, you earn equity and cashback membership benefits? Be a part of something bigger and become a co-op member today. Come on in and get your summer going with a visit to your Moose Jaw Co-op. Tuesdays are for seniors at Great Canadian Oil Change. Anyone 60 and over can save $5 on a conventional oil change or get 10 bucks off a semi or full synthetic oil change every single Tuesday at Great Canadian Oil Change. Group 1 and 2 resistant wild oats. It's something you think about and talk about, but most importantly is you can do something about it. Applying Group 8 Abidex Microactive Herbicide provides a different mode of action to manage resistant wild oat populations in wheat, canary seed, and other crops. Plan a fall application of Abidex Microactive Herbicide and free up time in the spring while getting the early wild oat control you desire. Go to ca.gowanco.com for more details. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. 
football fans will soon be required to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test to attend Saskatchewan Rough Rider games at Mosaic Stadium. The Riders announced it yesterday, the decision being applauded by many, including the Saskatchewan Health Authority. That organization saying they are thankful and supportive for the proactive decision. The move comes at the same time a number of Saskatchewan physicians are taking to social media, calling on the provincial government to take action while they let us know that our hospitals are filling up again. Numbers released Monday show 258 new cases in our province, and 208 of those people are unvaccinated. It's interesting to note a former colleague of mine, Donna Pachesnik, tweeted at Premier Mo the other day, writing, I've done everything you've asked since the pandemic began. Why are unvaccinated people's rights more important than mine? Implement vaccine passports for non-essential activities so that those of us who've played nice can get our lives back. I'm Rob Kearney.